You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 36. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Welcome to the Mother Good Podcast. I thought it was time to have a more lighthearted discussion given how serious the news has been pretty much all year. You know, it started off with the pandemic and lockdown and a lot of the topics that we've covered recently too are just, you know, very intense and serious topic. So I thought it was time that we had a comedian on the show, Elizabeth Weikart, who's our guest today, is a stand-up comedian and an actress. And she also spoke at our conference last year at UCI Medical School. I really enjoyed our chat and how Elizabeth advocates for laughing in all the circumstances of motherhood. Now, the majority of this short episode is a joke and sarcastic, so please don't take every point seriously. And also, if you have little ears listening, there are two swear words dropped in this episode. Well, one, technically, I'm not sure if the other one is kind of debatable. But anyway, it's a very tasteful episode. But if you are worried about your children listening in, maybe just pop in your headphones. I'm so excited for you to laugh along with Elizabeth and me. And with that, here is our funny chat. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. I know that the past few months have been pretty serious. I mean, we've had a pandemic and (laughs) a lockdown and lots of crazy stuff happening. And so I just figured we needed a little bit of comedic relief and a little bit of laughter. So before we jump into all of the funny stuff, I thought maybe you could just tell everyone a little bit about about yourself, where you're from and um, what you do and everything. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, I am a stand-up comedian and an actress, normally doing funny stuff because that's what I do. Um, I grew up in Missouri in a small little town that only has like 400 people and moved to the big city of 4,000 people before making my way out here in California. I've been in California, Southern California for seven years now with my husband. And then we have our daughter who's going to be turning four in August and we have our dog and that's pretty much me. I thought I wanted a corporate lifestyle and I learned after getting my degree that that is definitely not the path for me. And instead I just do ridiculous things all the time to make people laugh. Nice. I know that you spoke at our conference or rather gave a routine that everyone loved um, at our conference over a year ago. We couldn't have a conference this year for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us, how has quarantine had an effect on your life so far? Well, um, pretty much my life is the entertainment industry and that all shut down. So um, I was supposed to do a bigger show at the Improv in May and obviously went down. And then, of course, all our kids are at home. And for everyone, I only have the one. And she was in preschool. And so now I am back to being a stay-at-home mom full-time. And that is fun. (laughs) Shout out to all the stay-at-home moms. It is a uh, very rewarding career path for (laughs) other women besides me. And how about, um, I guess, what's some of the craziness that's happened? And what are the quarantine effects on your kids? Yeah, uh, 
I don't know the full effect. Like I think, I think she's a champ about it. She really does miss her friends. She's only three. And so like, I don't even know if I'm explaining it correctly to her. I'm just like, everybody's sick. So we got to stay home. And then I kind of use that for other things like, uh, no, we can't get ice cream. The ice cream's sick, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, I definitely miss Disneyland more than she does. I get really upset about that. She's been a trooper. <laughs> um, and then I did, I started a journal for her specifically because everything going on, I'm like, I don't know, is this going to like mess her up in the future? And I don't want her to like, not know why she's messed up. I mean, I'm sure I'll mess her up some, some other way, but (laughs) what is that? What does some of that journal content look like? Um, well, like the, the main reason I always wanted to start that journal and I have like those cute baby books that are empty. Um, (laughs) and just like say, this is who you are and just like little snippets of your life. But the thing that kind of pushed it was just everything. So I started it out saying like, this is my opening sentence thinking that I'm speaking to my adult child. Like I won't, she won't get this until later. Like I started journaling information about or yeah, I started journaling information about you for fun, reminiscing from a mother's point of view, but also coronavirus infected the world, shit hit the fan, and I don't know if this is going to mess you up. So since you're reading this as an adult and you have some sort of weird social anxiety or issues, please go get therapy and talk about experiencing social distancing at age three. And then I start my journal. <laughs> oh, dear. That's some real talk, though. I mean, I, I worry about that, too, with with my daughter. She's two and a half. And yeah, I, I mean, just as you said, I think I'm more sad about Disneyland than she she is, even though I know that she loves Minnie and Mickey. I just worry about the long-term effects. Hopefully, they're just too young at this point to really get it. Yeah. Well, it, there's definitely some key points that just like... It just, you know, every, I say it in my bits all the time is it doesn't matter what parenting style you yourself do. It is a hundred percent guaranteed your child will end up in therapy. Uh, (laughs) and, And so like, I guess give that to yourself as a peace of mind, but there's like been a few times like our neighbor is our friend and in earlier quarantine stages, it was just like, she, you could see the sadness that she couldn't like talk to her friend and she didn't understand why. And it's just, it's sad, but like, hopefully we can just have these moments and she can know that everybody bought Lysol and bleach and toilet paper. And that's why we're a little weird and we're hoarders <laughs> in 2040. I know. I've been wondering that about the the hoarding too. Hopefully that doesn't, that doesn't come out in, in children's <laughs> behavior as well. Um, are there any other funny stories of your recent stay-at-home life or new, <laughs> new stay-at-home life as a mom? Um, we did at the beginning, we were running out of our Charmin toilet paper and um, because I was going to buy some before everything happened and then everything happened. I'm like, oh, great. And I was like, really adamant, just like only three pieces. You only need three pieces. And she was not getting it because, you know, kids, they just like rip the whole roll. <laughs> so that was that was a fun experience that I probably handled just swell. I know that a lot of people were pretty dramatic about the toilet paper. And it's just so weird. I mean, just a year ago, or even just a few months ago, none of us could have expected that toilet paper would be such a commodity and so important. (laughs) Yeah. It like, 
I always am pretty decently stocked up because I used to do like extreme couponing, but every now and again, a random moment happens where it like doesn't go on sale. And so I don't have like a ridiculous stock, but we had enough to get through. Nice. And you didn't, you didn't have any of those emergency, (laughs) no toilet paper situations. No big struggles. I mean, that, that is the big chaotic moment of 2020 is low on toilet paper. (laughs) That's my joke. (laughs) That's said with full sarcasm. So how about uh, relationships and marriages in quarantine? What are your thoughts about that? Um, I personally think there's two ways of coming out of quarantine. If you're in a relationship and quarantine, quarantining with someone else, you are either going to come out looking for a divorce lawyer or you're going to come out with a quarantine baby. <laughs> one extreme, right? One or the other. <laughs> no one you know what? That's just no one between it all. That's how it is. <laughs> the Missouri way. So how have you and your husband been handling it? Any, any funny stories or intense stories, I guess? Uh, <laughs> well, this is, this will be a fun surprise. He'll just, he won't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care if I share this. So he, before quarantine happened, started a like trial for a weight loss drug and it works great, but goodness gracious, it gives you some stank gas. And I'm like locked in a house with him. And all of a sudden, and I'm like, I can't leave. I can't. So so that's been an experience. But everything else is pretty swell. We have a pretty decent relationship <laughs> for the most part, but I could do without all that gas. I was going to say, are, are you hiring an OBGYN then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, we'll, you know, I'm going to tell you, I've weighed the pros and cons and there are a lot of jokes if you have a quarantine baby. So that is weighing on the pro side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, have a get a get a quarantine baby just so you can make the jokes. I was gonna say there's plenty of of quarantine jokes out there for babies. Yeah, quarantine babies. I'm sure you would have a yeah, lot of material. Quarantine teenagers that the generation will be. Oh yes, yes. I'm sure it'll be a little bit a little bit of baby boom. Yeah, the people who uh, know my stand up and they've gotten to know me a little bit more, they are aware that my daughter's name is Stacy, and it is fully put into all of my bits about being Stacy's mom. And that was definitely on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's a good name. <laughs> I always do a little dance of the Stacy's mom. And then, of course, because I do indeed have it going on. I mean... Like, why would I not be Stacy's mom? And that's pretty much it's just that's like pretty my, awesome. it's like my little introduction and way you can remember me by. So, talking about babies, I know that at our conference you talked a lot about body image and postpartum and pregnancy. What are your thoughts about pregnancy and body image and all the pressure to lose weight immediately after having the baby? Well, I think it's messed up for some people if they think you have to lose weight. I I hate the word, my pre-pregnancy weight. I hate that word only because that you should never be going backwards. You should only be going forwards. Like it doesn't matter if you weigh the same, like say, you know, just throwing out whatever number, but like, say you get out, get back to whatever that pre-pregnancy weight was. 
your body like went through a major transformation. It shit got real. Can I, um, you know, stuff happened. So it doesn't even matter if that number is the same, you're a different person and you're a better person for it. And so it's like, stop getting obsessed with the number. Okay. I can't yell too much through the screen, but okay. (laughs) But yeah. I love your birth story, how you describe your whole birthing process at the conference. I thought that that was pretty hilarious. (laughs) Well, I just always found it so funny that when I was pregnant, like the number one question that got asked to me, no joke, by random strangers, um, just trying to chill in the banana section over at Ralph's and get bombarded by a random person who wants to know, are you having a natural birth? And I'm like, what does a natural birth mean, ma'am? They're like, oh, you want to know if I'm going to take drugs before I choose to push a nine pound baby out of my vagina, because that is just the (laughs) utmost importance to you. You cannot move past your day today until you know that about me. Okay. And, and then I always follow up with, I think it's just interesting that my husband went and got ACL reconstructive surgery and nobody ever asked him if he was going to opt for a natural <laughs> surgery. That, that is so true. I mean, obviously, I respect any woman's decision on what they decide to do. And I mean, my sister had a couple home births herself. So and I, I know that I have some moms who just love going drug free, but I just don't have, I understand the obsession with people wanting to know every little detail of your pregnancy and then also your birthing situation. I don't know. It just kind of seems yeah. private. <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred percent private. If you want to ask me that question and you like know me, cause you're just like, we're friends and that's now yeah, part of yeah, our conversation. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But like random people and then the judgment, like, cause I okay. do, I do make a lot of jokes cause I, because I love, I love the drugs they give you in the hospital. It was an excellent time. And, um, but like any woman who chooses to do the natural birth, 100% do you, girl. Like, I, like if you love to feel that pain, uh, great, like power to you. But it doesn't make any person better or less than to do any option. Like you made a baby. You are doing good. Okay? I love that so much. Yeah, exactly. I just love how you're just so in favor of, you know, whatever the mother decides to do with her birth, that's the way to go. Um, I will say we'll have our little serious moment because I really did love this. And I don't know if it was like a common thing. But so I was in labor for 24 hours. I did get induced. And um, my doctor, like, because going in like a week before I was even like induced, I was already at like 70% of face and a few inches dilated. And he was like, I'm just going to come in and that baby's going to fly right out. Like, you're looking great for your first birth. I'm like, and gave me a high five. And I'm like, oh, okay, we do this. Anyway, um, I got a high five for my vagina. (laughs) I don't know what that means in my life. I guess I'll put it on my resume. Um, But so (laughs) things did not go as planned. It didn't go swell. It it went swell in the beginning and then it kind of just didn't. And so after we kind of just like me and my doctor talked and was like, okay, I think we need to go ahead and call it and say it's time for a C-section. And he looked at me right before they wheeled me off. Like he took a moment he looked at me in the eyes and said, don't let anyone tell you that you could have done more. You did everything 
right. And I just like respected that so much that he would take the moment mm. to do. I, I felt cool. I was like, yeah, I did do everything right. That is accurate. <laughs> but I, I think that's great that he like thought to do that. And I, I hope more doctors kind of have those beautiful moments because some women don't have the same sort of positivity and acceptance that I do. Mm. That's so true. I do have a couple friends and acquaintances who had C-sections. And honestly, like even a year or two later after the birth, they're still struggling to process it and also just to accept it. So I, I mean, that's, that's so important. It's funny because, um, you know, a couple times I've gotten a question from older, well-meaning family, uh, family friends, um, who are men. And, you know, the funny, the funny question that I got was, um, you know, well, what do women do for thousands of years before C-sections? It seems like, you know, a lot more people get C-sections during this time, this modern era. And I just looked at him and I was like, they died. And he was like, oh, <laughs> that's what I say. Yes. Like, oh, okay. And then no more questions. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what do you think they did? They died. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, obviously, I know that there are some C-sections that are like unnecessary or like, you know, there's that whole debate, which I know that that has happened because hospitals have been able to reduce their C-section. So I'm not saying that that's, that's ever a case. Um, but, you know, yeah. I don't think most doctors are cutting women open because they just for the fun of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. I mean, you want a scar? I want to practice my stitching. Let's get it done. <laughs> exactly. Like, not a thing. <laughs> so what other aspects of motherhood, I guess, do you feel like people take too seriously and people just need to laugh more about them? Definitely our bodies. We did talk about body image a little bit. I am very big body image advocate for all women, but like especially mothers, because I think I hear them and a lot of women are just so hard on themselves and I I really don't know why. But I used to I used to have terrible body image pretty much all through my good years when my body was looking great, you know. Uh, <laughs> because I just didn't and that's part of it is like I didn't see that it looked great and so I'm like I will never go another moment again in my life thinking my body doesn't look great because I don't want to be in the future sometime and looking back and being like it looks so great that kind of thing. Um, so like I worked on my body image a lot, just getting that mentality for myself. But then motherhood was like that ceiling defining moment that like, I am a rock star. My body is fire. Like I, whenever I went to the bathroom at the hospital for the first time, I hadn't seen myself in like 48 hours because I was in the hospital for like 24. I guess I did kind of look in the mirror when I went to the bathroom once, but like I, I was, I was kind of out of it. So I'm like, before I got my uh, epidural, but, but like, I'm like, I hadn't seen myself for, it was pretty much a full day past the C-section. And I was just like, nobody's been giving me a mirror. Like what's going on with me? <laughs> Is there something like I should be started? And um, I was able to get up. <laughs> I was able to get up and waddle over to the bathroom by myself. And I knew where the mirror was. And I was like, okay, look over and just take a look at yourself. You know that you're going to be different and you just need to accept whatever you see. And I looked in the mirror and I do not lie. My first thought was, damn, I am so skinny. Like, look at that. Oh my gosh. Like I was huge. My stomach was so big. And now it's like, you know, the fate, the, uh, 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 
inflated balloon, like it's a little deflated balloon. And, uh, but, but I mean, it's like really small, like it was a major improvement. I was like, really happy with that. I'm like, I've, I've, and then like the first few weeks after it was like, just dropping all of this weight. Cause all of the gunks coming out of you. And I'm like, man, am I on biggest yeah. loser? Like, look at me. <laughs> and so that was my experience of motherhood and my first glimpse of my post mom body. And yeah, my body never went back to pre-pregnancy or whatever. Silly word we want to give to that because it just improved. And I've lost weight since like birth and the after, like I had a steady weight and I lost weight. But the thing was, is like, I didn't care if I lost weight. I don't care if I lose more weight. I don't care if I gain weight. As long as I'm able to live the life doing the things that I like to do and move around and like my cholesterol and all that stuff and like my checkups are good, then like I'm cool. Like weight isn't a big deal. You know, you should celebrate the body you got because it's the only life you got. So celebrate it. Right. I like what you said too, that you don't want to look back and then think, oh, wow, I looked good then, you know, because I I have those thoughts sometimes, you know, whenever I'm worried about like a little wrinkle or something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I look old. I'm like, okay, when I'm 70, (laughs) I'm going to look at these photos and think, wow, I look great. Like I look young. Right. Like no Botox can fix 70 or 80 years old. I don't know. Maybe there's some Botox that can, but I'm like, just appreciate it. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. Every part, like every part of life is a gift. There's always, there's always something good and there's obviously always something bad. So I just choose to focus on the good. Right. And I, yeah, not to get too serious, but I don't really understand society's obsession too with looking young. I mean, think we should celebrate all stages of life and they're beautiful in every stage well we did have that one phase where all those 20 year olds started dyeing their hair silver and gray so i think that was maybe our small birth of celebrating elderly (laughs) oh i I must have missed that i must not have the intro then to know that that, (laughs) because i have gray hair i would have liked that trend All, the, all these 20-year-olds, like, did silver hair. I mean, it kind of looked – it was, like, so platinum blonde it was silver. But some people did straight-up mm. silver and gray. It was, like, a trend for a year or two. Was, I darn. I missed it. You missed it. You missed the opportunity to celebrate that. I did. Bummer. So I guess what is what does the future hold for you as stand-up comedy? Are they going to lift any restrictions or you're going to be able to return soon? I, I don't know. I'm – set to perform on June 30th if uh, Irvine opens up. I don't I don't know. It's like every day. You just don't know what's going to happen. I will give a plug to my improv troupe, Improv City. I They're based out of Irvine. But since quarantine, we've been doing live stream shows on Facebook. It's completely free. It's family friendly. So everybody, you know, you can watch with the kids and everything. It's normally about, oh, nice. yeah, 35 minutes or so. And we do them on the weekends. It's really great. It's really, it's been really fun. So that was really helpful, keeping me kind of sane. I've done other things like I've been doing a lot of TikTok and then doing um, a lot of random music videos on YouTube. But doing that and having like an interactive audience and like a live performance has been really just grounding to be like, okay, this is just going to be a short term thing. Just keep going. Right. Exactly. What, what, how do people access that? Is that on Facebook you said, or? Yeah. If you go to facebook.com, just, um, that slash improv, I am 
P-R-O-V city. Improv city. C-I-T-Y. Yeah. I'm like, I think we can both spell those. I'm like, I can't spell them. It's quarantine. I can't. Oh, nice. I'm just looking at it now. Okay. And then that's where all the shows are posted on that. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to check them out. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on our show and sharing some humor. I know it's much needed and I just love your perspective and it's, it's so hilarious and refreshing. So thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. I really, truly love what you guys do. I'm all about celebrating moms, soon to be moms, past moms. You know, we're all some sort of mom to somebody in our life. So I think it's just great to really, you know, let us rally together kind of thing. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much again. 